Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Knitsia, the Well, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainians and their interesting activities around the globe. Today is Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. Our guests for this episode are Natalia Honcherenko, who is the director of the Ukrainian History and Education Center in Somerset, New Jersey, and Michael Andrek, who is the archivist and jack-of-all-trades there as well. And they're actually um, a husband and wife team. Welcome, Natalia and Michael. How are you? Thanks, Mike. Very well. Thank you. To start off with, I'd like to get a little bit of background on both of you. So, Natalia, can you tell us a bit about your educational background and professional background? Uh, well, Mike, um, I am an accountant. Uh, I studied at Hunter College in New York, and then I went on to get my Master's of Accounting in Rider, at Rider University in uh, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. So professionally, I'm an accountant. Uh, that's my background. But I have fallen into the role of directorship uh, here at the UHEC about 13 years ago and have been slowly pursuing and developing my my knowledge about museums and nonprofit management over those years. Natalia, when and from where did your parents come from in Ukraine after World War II? My parents arrived in the U.S. on my mother's side in 1949 and on my father's side in 1954. My mother's family is from Shostka, Ukraine, which is in the Sumska Oblast, so northern, northeastern Ukraine. My grandmother on my mother's side was actually um, third-generation German and lived in a German colony called Hrintal in southern Ukraine. On my father's side, my grandfather was from Kharkiv, from, from a, a village outside of Kharkiv, and my grandmother was from uh, Minsk. So my mother's side went through the DP camps in Germany, in, they were in Esslingen, and my father's side actually wound up in um, Salzburg, and from Salzburg they immigrated to Venezuela, and then from Venezuela they came to the United States. So long story, but they wound up in the U.S., and they met here in the U.S., and several years later I came along. <laughs> That's quite a story. Michael, can you tell us a little bit about your own educational and personal background? Well, I, I arrived at, in the archives field in a roundabout way as well. My background is actually in the, uh, in, in the sciences, actually. I did um, uh, computational modeling and various things. I have a PhD. I worked at Rutgers University for a while. And then things didn't quite work out. And I ended up here, and I basically, I, I do not have a library degree. I have studied, sort of self-directed study. I also did the program at the National Archives, Modern Archives Institute, and I am a certified archivist. And can you tell our audience a little bit about your parents? Well, I can definitely top Natalia in terms of the story. My dad was actually born in the United States, so he, he was actually um, born to a family of, of first wave immigrants from the village of Bosko, uh, or Besko, currently in Poland, uh, in not, not too far from Samok. They, um, when he was three years old, his mother died. So my paternal grandmother, turns out he died of tuberculosis. I was actually able to find her death certificate. And at that point, he, his father took him and his older sister back to the old country, basically so that he could remarry because he didn't want to raise two kids on his own. 
my father met my mother in Bosco. My mother was born in Bosco. And to make a very long and complicated story short, my dad ended up in Germany. My mom ended up in Ukraine on the Soviet side of the border after 1945. They were separated until 1968. They had already been married. They did not. My dad only managed to get her out of the Soviet Union in 1968. That's my story. My family's story. And so here you and Natalia are in Somerset, New Jersey, at the UHEC. When did the two of you meet? Well, we met informally on probably on many occasions in the Bandura world, actually, which we were both involved in at some point. We sort of really met here, actually singing in the choir in St. Andrew Memorial Church. And that's when Michael moved to New Jersey from Connecticut. Connecticut. And when he was doing his postdoc work at Rutgers, that's when we met. I guess back in the late nineties. And when were you married? Two thousand and five. Thanks so much for all that background information on the two of you. Now, Natalia, with the UHEC, when was this founded? The UHEC was actually founded in the early two thousands, but it has a very long history. And let me tell you a little bit about that history. So the UHC was affiliated with the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of USA back in the in the 60s. The then ruling hierarch of the church was Metropolitan Stislav, and he at that time received a collection a collection of artifacts of religious artifacts and folk artifacts from Konstantin and um, Olena Moschenko, and that was in 1961. And based on that collection, which was a very incredibly rich collection, the church hierarchy at that time decided that they needed to create a museum. And the, the original museum was actually consecrated in 1966 and had existed for a very long time as the St. Andrew's Memorial Church Museum. But it grew over the course of years. There were many donations of artifacts. Uh, made to the museum, and of course, at the same time, the artifacts grew. As people passed away, important papers came to the archives. As I mentioned, the museum was located—I don't know if I mentioned it—but the museum was actually located in the basement of St. Andrew's Memorial Church. However, the original plans for the memorial church were for the basement was a crypt space, mausoleum space, and you can imagine a basement. Even though the walls are very thick and the humidity, the humidity still infiltrated, and it was not the best environmental, environmentally controlled location for precious museum artifacts. So the plan was to go ahead in the in the late 1990s, I guess 1996 is when the idea arose to to actually move everything out of the basement, create a mausoleum space, and at the same time build a new museum. So the ATC, the idea of the Ukrainian History and Education Center, came in the early 2000s to create to to kind of create an umbrella organization to incorporate the museum, the archives, and the library. But、uh, it was in 2016 where we when we officially incorporated and then subsequently got our own 501c3. Uh, so we're officially the UHEC Ukrainian History and Education Center, center as a separate entity from the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of USA. And can you tell us a little bit about what the status of the museum is today? We are building a new museum facility. It's a thirty thousand square foot facility, and we are embarking on a capital campaign、uh, shortly.、Uh, the structure itself is about eighty percent. 
finished. We just need uh, some funding to do all of the finishing work and then open up our doors so that we can share our wonderful treasures with the world. As far as the HEC itself, we are still this pandemic has hit us just as it has everybody else, and currently we, our facilities are still closed to the public, but we have been forced to you know, look at how else we can engage with our audience and our constituents, and we've gone, gone virtual. Um, so we have a very exciting lineup of virtual programming from folk arts to adults and folk arts crafting workshops for children. And then we have um, our Nashi Predka series, which is the genealogy series that Mike can talk a little bit about. Mike, as the host, knows as, as much about Nashi Predka as we do, obviously, since, since you're part of our part of our group here. But um, so, in fact, you were our first first speaker, first genealogy speaker, and so we've, we're, we're definitely filling a niche in terms of Ukrainian genealogy. As far as we know, we're the only active Ukrainian genealogy group in North America, in the uh, United States, rather. Uh, not in North America. There are several in Canada. But that has been great. It's generated tons of interest. I think we're, we're providing a great benefit to people whose ancestry comes from the area that is now Ukraine. And Mike, in terms of some of the other programs that you're going to hold virtually, uh, beyond genealogy, what other kinds of things are you going to ha have? Well, in addition to the folk arts, we've been producing uh, a series we call Stories from Storage, which highlights a particular item or a group of items from our museum collections or archives collections and sort of ex expands on what the, the context of these items and where they came from and why, why their story is interesting. For example, this past month, including yesterday, we've been releasing programming related to Ukrainian independence and specifically focusing not so much on the current period of independence, but on what led up to it, such as the, 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 the revolutionary period from 1910 and 1915. Natalia and Michael, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. But I'm curious about the programs going forward into 2021. I know you got some grants this year from various places to do this virtual series, which I guess ends in December. What do you think is going to happen in 2021? You know, it's so very difficult to say. Um, do you have an in-house workshop planned for November. So that's going to be our test case. I think that people are still antsy and people are still uncomfortable in face-to-face -face situations. What's going to happen in 2020 is that we're going to have to look for other grants in order to continue what we do. Oh, the virtual programming has been extremely successful and we have, we have reached people that we would have otherwise not been able to reach. And not only in the United States, but from Australia and Canada and Great Britain and everywhere else. So we're hoping to continue what we're doing virtually. I think it's, it's a huge benefit to our audience. And we just have to seek out those grants to continue. And hopefully our audience, our friends, our, our participants of the workshops and our membership will be generous in their donations to help continue our efforts. However, we do have grant funding into 2021 
from the New Jersey Council on the Humanities, which will be funding an exhibition which we are, we're hoping will be live in person in May 2021 related to the history of the Ukrainian Orthodox Metropolia of Kiev and how it, um, how it can serve as a microcosm of local geopolitical relations over the centuries. Yeah, that's, that's going to be our big exhibition test. And so if our audience wants to find out more information about the UHEC and possibly become a member, where can they go? Well, they can visit our website, ukrhec.org. That's Ukrainian as UKR is in Ukrainian, H is in history, E is in education, and C is in center. It's just how I always say it when I'm talking to people on the phone. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, also, you can just look for Ukrainian History and Education Center. You'll find us. You can you can like us there. We have a brand new YouTube channel. It doesn't have our name on it yet, but you can find a link from our website. And you can find us physically at 135 Davidson Avenue in Somerset, but we're only very, very slowly, gradually opening. So we're not, not quite there yet. Natalia and Michael, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Mike. Thank it's you. been great. This is Mike Burek. Your host and the producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainians and their interesting activities around the globe. I have been speaking with Natalia Honcharenko, director of the UHEC in Somerset, New Jersey, and Michael Andrek, the archivist and jack-of-all-trades there. Until next time, that's all for now.